DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Get ready for the upcoming Utah Jazz season at the Jazz Team Store. End of summer sale, August 26th through 28th at Vivint Arena. Get great deals on the latest jazz gear. So uh, that's tomorrow. That is a fact. That would be, uh, today is uh, Wednesday, right? Tomorrow is, so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, So Saturday. if you want yes. to see the most handsomest two guys on 1280 The Zone, come down to the team store tomorrow between 2 and 6. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you will see the fogies down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We went from the handsomest dudes to the Godfather and Fredo, Gordon Monson, and me. (laughs) Doing the show tomorrow. This staff has a lot of gifts, but the handsome area might not be. That's why I said most handsome. But it's all relative, though. Yeah, you're right. I'm not as ugly as you. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us now. The guy we love to talk to, regardless of where he ranks on the handsome scale, and I'm not going to get into it, but I suspect PK's about to, Riley Jensen, our college football insider. And he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Riley, good morning. Good morning. I was just going to say, I mean, where does elite come into this conversation? Because I feel like, I feel like, you know, who cares about looks if you're elite, right? Yeah, but for me, it's just icing on the cake. <laughs> it's, it's the gravy on your meal, right? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> Got it. Love, Got talk, it. Got love it. talking quarterbacks with the former Utah State quarterback. Uh, Riley Jensen and, and PK has brought up the fact that Arizona has decided to go with two quarterbacks against BYU. I thought before I heard that BYU should win this football game, and after hearing that, I thought BYU should win this football game for Arizona. You know, it's a progression and all that, and so Wildcat fans, I get why they'd get into this, but for BYU fans, I'm having a hard time getting worked up. Yes, they have to prepare for two quarterbacks, but. I don't, I don't see how this should change the outcome. Do you? Well, it would be hard, it would be hard to say that, that, I mean, what, I can't remember the last time, maybe, maybe the only exception to this rule where you had two quarterbacks that played really well and, and the team did really well was like Mark Brunel in like, and I'm sorry, I'm going clear back to like 1989 or 90. And I can't even remember who the other guy Billy was. Billy Joe Herbert? Yeah, Hobart, there you go. Herbert, there you something go. like that. There you go. They call him Billy Joe yeah. Gunrack. That's what I remember. Okay. I don't remember his last <laughs> name, but I remember the Billy Joe Gunrack joke. So, And then Bronco That's tried funny. to do it with Jay Keeps and Riley Nelson, didn't he? Yeah, and how did that work out? Didn't work out too well, did it? I mean, I, I just think that there's maybe one or two, like, total times in the history of football that like the two quarterback system has worked. So I, I don't think that bodes well for Arizona. I think that bodes very well for BYU. And I think I'm just kind of surprised that Jed Fish down there, who who's supposedly a big time quarterback guy would, would take that approach other than the fact that he just doesn't feel like he has 
a quarterback at all. And so he's like, Rick, we're just, we're just going to do what we can to get through this. Right. So I, uh, that's a hard, that's a hard, that's a hard one for me. That's a really hard one for me. Yeah. I asked Whittingham the other day with Brewer going to be the starter and then, um, they're playing Weber, and since they said, by their own admission, that it was neck and neck with Brewer and Rising going forward here, that I thought maybe they wouldn't come out and say it because Kyle is adamantly opposed to a two-quarterback system. But my line of thinking is maybe you give both guys a shot against Weber uh, and go from there. If it's neck and neck, so that's the thing about it. it, it you, you're so close... Where in every other position you'd probably get some PT, but here if it's so close and the other quarterback beats you out barely, and then you don't play at all, it seems kind of a rip, especially against the game against Weber. But it seemed like Whittingham was opposed to that. Yeah, I kind of don't blame him. I look, you make the decision and you go with the guy. You don't. I feel like you don't mess around with it. I, I feel like quarterbacks get messed around with more than more than ever before as far as like who the starter is going to be. We very seldom see a guy get named in the spring and give him the whole summer to settle into that leadership role and, and to kind of be the quarterback anymore. It's all about – I mean, you hear Kalani talk about it. You hear Kyle talk about it. You hear Gary Anderson when he was the coach at Utah State. Oh, yeah, these guys got to compete for their position too. They've got to – so quarterbacks don't get to ease into the position. I think the very least you could do is once you name them the quarterback, like give them a little bit of rope, like give them a little bit of like you can ease into this. Now, as far as the Weber State game goes, I, I don't. I would have no problem with with Charlie Brewer starting and playing, you know, up to halftime through three quarters, and then getting getting rising some good live reps. But I wouldn't want to give the message to the team that I'm still not sure who the guy is. If you if you pick the guy, you pick the guy and go with him. Go with it. You know, they say they're not naming him until now, and yet if you know somebody who has access to what's going on in the program, and in, in programs where there's so many local guys, that – opens up the number of people have access because, you know, players on the team. And A-Rod acknowledged, well, we haven't named it yet, but I think if you talk to the guys on the team, they know. Right? So everybody's been hearing since March, well, it's going to be, this is going to be the guy. At both Utah and BYU. So are we really going to be crossed up? Are we really going to be surprised after hearing all these rumors? I would be really surprised if it's not Charlie Brewer and if it's not Jaron Hall. I mean, I, I, to me, that just seems like the natural course of things. Now, the other thing that I'll say, you know, I, I was saying quarterbacks get kind of moved around more than ever before, and they don't get the, you know, the the luxury of of kind of being named all summer. But I think, I think the other part about that is if you're the second string quarterback, I mean, I. Don't, I don't care what school you're at. There's a really, really good possibility that you're going to play and you're going to play and start in a lot of games and you're going to have plenty of chances to prove yourself just because the nature of the position, you know, and I feel like, I feel like there's just been a a swing, you know, so, so you go back to the sixties and seventies under bear Bryant and, and kind of the offense is like clear back then. It was all wishbone. It was super athletic quarterbacks that could throw it a little bit, 
but man, they were athletic. And then these these quarterbacks started getting really hurt, you know, and and they were out, and it would cost teams national championships or conference championships, and people were upset about it. And then you swing into the '80s and the '90s and the 2000s, you know, back when I was playing quarterback, and it was a much different type of quarterback um, from the '60s and '70s, where you know we want him to stay in the pocket, we want to protect him, we want to be able to throw the ball downfield, we want this guy to be you know, a laser-type passer, right? And then now we've moved into the, you know, from 2005, I think Alex Smith helped kind of change that narrative, right, in 2004, 2003, where quarterbacks started moving into this guy that's super athletic and can throw. And, you know, there was a time where I used to say, God, man, I mean, who, who does everybody think they are? There's like four, five, four or five quarterbacks in the country that can run and throw, you know? But now I would say, you know, if you looked around the country, it used to be that, like, Oregon was the only guy that had a quarterback that could run and throw the ball, and then you'd sprinkle in Tim Tebow and somebody else, and you'd go, wow, that's that's pretty impressive that those guys can do both, right? And then you get to now where I would say over 50% of the quarterbacks in, in the country that are starting at Division One schools are really good runners and really good passers. I mean, they they can do it all. And but what what you expose yourself to when you do that is the injury bug again. But I think coaches are betting on the fact that you know they have a Romney in their in their backup system. They have Rising in their backup system, so they can run their offenses the way they want to run them. And they're deeper than they used to be. And so I think it's an interesting idea. I think. It's an interesting idea to play both quarterbacks, but I think both quarterbacks at all of these schools are going to play. I just really do. I think they're going to have an opportunity to have meaningful, meaningful reps and meaningful playing time this year. So when you're involved in this quarterback battle, and a lot of times it's starting since spring, Rising didn't play in the spring, so it's a little bit different. But the others in Provo did, and then it continues in the training camp in August, and then they make a decision. How deflating is it for the guy who doesn't win the position? Oh, it's always it's always deflating as a competitor. Like, and and to play the quarterback position, you've got to have a little bit of ego. You can't just be like, oh no, you know what? It's all it's all good. It's all okay, right? It, it hurts. I mean, there's no question that if you're if you don't if you're not on the winning end of that decision. Um, it's very hurtful, but I will say this, and like you were alluding to earlier, DJ, like it's pretty apparent before you're even told as the quarterback because you can see who's getting all the number one reps. You can see the guy that's getting the first set of the number one reps. You can kind of see long before it happens. So it's it's kind of like you know it's coming, you know it's coming, you hope it's not coming, you hope you've staved it off, you hope that you're going to be the starter, and then – and then, but you kind of realize that you're not, and then they tell you, and it confirms it. But it's still hurtful. It's it's not a fun position to be in. When I was when I was competing at BYU for the for the job, or what I thought was competing for the job, I never got I never got a rep with the number ones. And somehow, in my naive mind as a competitor, like I thought I was going to prove all the coaches wrong, and that I was going to get. And I was playing with the twos, going against the ones. Sometimes my 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 stats would be better than the number one guys, the guys that were repping with the number ones. 
And then I was all excited. I can remember at BYU being so excited to get to the final, like, you know, the, the, the blue and white game or the scrimmage in the, in the, in the spring. And just before we get there, you know, Norm Chow pulls me to the side and he just says, Hey, look, like, it doesn't matter what we do in this game. Like we we're making our decision based on the way practices went. I was like, Oh, so that's then, then I'm done. Then, then basically I knew I was done at that point. Right. That That's kind of how he told me that I wasn't going to be the first string guy. And so it's deflating because you feel like you've worked really hard and that you're going to get a chance to play with some of the guys that like can make plays for you. And, you know, he, he stayed true to his word. I had a really, really good spring game and he stayed with what, what he thought was best for the team. And so that changes your career. It changes your thought process. It's hard. It's a hard moment. No, no question about it. But in my era, it's a little bit different. I think, I think if I was in this era today, I would stay just because, you know, there's so many injuries. And, and really, even back then, you know, Shoemaker, uh, Shoemaker and Federick were the other quarterbacks when I was at BYU. Um, Shoemaker struggled a little bit. Federick, Federick got hurt. And then Drew Miller was playing that year. That would have been my spot. I would have had, I would have had an opportunity to play at BYU if the whole situation had been, you know, if I, if I could have predicted the future. But I think that's much more typical of today's game than it was clear back when I was playing. Uh, that was the next thing I was going to get to, is that Kyle Winningham can go to a, call a backup quarterback into his office and say, yeah, you're number two, and that probably stings. But look at this. Look at the last four years of the University of Utah. They've had a quarterback make it through and start every game one time in four years. Huntley misses four games. Huntley misses five games. Last year, they, they picked a starter court, starting quarterback, and he made it 14 plays. So exactly. you got to be ready. And I guess especially if you're at BYU, where everyone seems to think they're three deep, because if you're number two and you're not ready, you mess up your chance, and number three grabs the reins, you may not get another one. So, you, yes, take a minute because it sucks. But then get on with it. Yeah, no, I, I you, you actually bring up a great phrase in the military. They say, embrace the suck, don't stay in the suck. You know, like, give it a big hug, roll in it a little bit, like, be upset, but give yourself a time limit for how long you're going to be upset because you got to get yourself ready and you got to be ready to play. And, and it happens so much now in college football that you just can't, you can't wallow in your misery for too long because you're going to get your opportunity. And like you said, if you're not ready for that opportunity, but, you know, the next guy will get an opportunity. If it, and if he nails it, you might not ever get another shot. And so, yeah, yeah, be upset. Be upset for today. Be upset through this weekend and then be ready to go for practices and for your teammates and for everything that's good about football starting the next week, right? You think Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback in the NFL? Well, I think <laughs> – I think before this last performance, I would have said yes. Um, it's an interesting he, – he's an interesting quarterback. He has far exceeded my expectations in the NFL. Uh, it, it, and you can go back to some of the tape of me talking with you guys about Taysom Hill when he played at BYU. I, my, my biggest worry about him from way back to his days at BYU was his accuracy. It wasn't – does he have moxie? It wasn't. The, is he afraid of the moment or not? It wasn't whether he's mentally tough enough to do it. It was just there was an accuracy piece and there was a touch piece that like concerned me. And last week, 
um, was the first time that I saw that get exposed again. Um, and so, yes, I think he's a starter in the NFL, but I don't, I don't know that it would ever be a long-term thing. Like, I think he could go to a team and he could start for a year and, and be a really serviceable, serviceable quarterback for a team. And I look, I could be wrong on this because he's out. Like I said, he's he's out kicked my my thoughts and my processes as far as he goes, as far as as far as his career goes in the NFL. And you just can never you can never doubt somebody that has that much mental toughness and that much like the chutzpah that he has is just really really cool. But I kind of feel like we're getting to the top of his um, potential where, yeah, he could start for a season for a team and be pretty serviceable, but the GMs and the presidents and the owners of the league are going to be looking for that, that next guy. Like, he's, he's a, you know, for, for lack of a better term, he's, he's the guy that's dating someone, but, you know, she's got one eye on him and one eye on the other guys in the room, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, he's pretty good. We're glad he's in the room, but, you know, they've got, they've got an eye on somebody else, too, and, and, that's a tough position to be in for him because it's hard to stay confident. And it's hard to believe in yourself when somebody's always looking for somebody else to kind of take your place. Riley Jensen joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we've talked a lot about Utah and BYU. We have not talked a lot about Utah State. Have you heard anything different coming through these scrimmages? Is there any more hope or is this going to be a rebuilding year for the Aggies? Well, I mean, like I told you guys last week, it's still there's a lot of enthusiasm. I was I was at their practice on Monday. There was there was a lot of enthusiasm. It's fun to see a team like hustle around, try and make plays. They're playing relaxed. Um, I think that I think that you're going to see a team that plays fast, where you're, where you're going to see an exciting brand of football. My my question mark is is can you shake off? Can you shake off the results of last season? Can you shake off the mentality of the last couple of years where you haven't been able to win some of the tough games and you haven't been able to be in some of those tough games and move yourself back in the right direction? And I think that takes a lot of coaching, right? That takes coaching of the culture. That takes coaching of the players. But I think right now there's a lot of optimism, but there's a lot of optimism all the way across the country with a lot of teams I think where we're really going to see where where the rubber meets the road is when they get in a tough game or when they get in a tough loss. Where does the mentality shift at that point? And I think that's where Coach Blake Anderson is going to move is really going to earn his money and earn his keep as a coach at Utah State is if he can if he can navigate those waters successfully. Riley, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Riley Jensen, College Football Insider. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More college football coming up at 9 o'clock with Matt Brown. Extra Points newsletter and podcast covering college football nationally. We'll talk with him about the alliance and what the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have in mind. And we'll do that at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I know that there's a lot of different rumblings and there's been a lot of different news about starting quarterbacks, but if you were listening to Scotty and I all through camp, there is no breaking news. It's just the same old news that we've been talking about. We all knew it was going to be Charlie Brewer. And you may have heard people say, oh, it's closer than you think. And Cam Rising put a heck of a battle up there, but it was always going to be Charlie Brewer. I always talked about, you know, Cam Rising is, he won a quarterback job there once, but you saw the quarterback he won the job over. Yeah. Charlie Brewer is much better. There was a nice battle, but at no point, and this should be more reassuring to Utah fans than anything, at no point did Cam Rising actually take that job back from Charlie Brewer. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join Hans and Scotty G Friday at the warehouse from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Ho, ho, ho! Let me add a boom to that, please. Can I do that? <laughs> please do. You have so many different gears. All right, you got the question up here. It did not get as much reaction as I expected. Arizona coaches can't make up their minds. They're going to go with two quarterbacks. No way BYU loses this game. You know? Dave says that's a great plan. Just ask Bronco, Jake, and Riley. Whoa, children! It's just a shot away! Brad says... Either way, they're both really bad or inexperienced. Either way, we should win. BYU beating a Pac-12 team. It's just a shot away, shot away, shot away. Jules says Arizona 17, BYU 13. Oh, see the fire is sweeping down on I-15 today. If you have two quarterbacks, then you don't actually have a quarterback. Coach Ron McBride, Don says, quoting Mack from the 90s, possibly the early 2000s. I tell you, love, 1-0, sister, it's just a kiss away, kiss away, kiss away, yeah. BYU fans do not... Change in the lyrics. I do, I like it. I see exactly what you're doing. Trying not to explain the joke, just let you do your thing. Give you free reign. You want to break the pocket and scramble? Let you break the pocket and scramble. Burns like a red coal carpet. Mad Wildcats lost their way. As a receiver, I just peek over my shoulder. Do I need to block? Or do I need to keep working my way open because he's standing behind the line of scrimmage? You need to have your hands in catch position because I'm going to put it right on the money just like I always do. I'm ready. Let's make another big play. I just done did. And then, after all that positivity, Mark posts, yeah, it's posts like this that gets BYU in trouble. Oh, BYU. BYU's been in trouble all week. I've been following the headlines. Very, very controversial. Decided not to name the starter yesterday. Going to name it today. Oh, man. The gall of them people. (laughs) (laughs) Jaron Hall. Yeah. 
Been waiting for him to be named for weeks, if not months now. Well, two years. Like they told him last year, get yourself healthy. You can be the starting quarterback in 2021. And here we are, on the precipice, on the brink of a childhood dream. <laughs> the question. We're done with Stone's lyrics. We're back to playing the hits. I mean, I think that if you grew up a Latter-day Saint in Utah County playing football at quarterback, I would think at least to a degree you dreamed of being the starting quarterback at BYU. Must have crossed your time, uh, your mind a time or two. Yeah. Especially you, if your dad and your father, yeah, played on the BYU football was a good, team. B- good football player for the Cougars. He I remember was. him. So, yeah, you would think that that was the case. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for him. Maybe he dreamed of going SC or Utah or wherever. I'm not sure. But probably a decent possibility of going to BYU and being their starting quarterback. And now you're going to get it in, uh, what, 10 days or so, whatever it is. And uh, it's an exciting time. And the great thing about it is neither of these two guys in Romney and Hall transferred in. So you're replacing number two quarterback in the draft, which, you know, you're who knows the next time you're going to do that. Maybe never. But the great thing about it is you got a couple of kids there who got on the field a little bit a couple of years ago. So you're not starting completely from scratch by any stretch. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Jaron Hall can do because he has big play capability. And obviously he's a phenomenal athlete playing baseball the hardest thing to do in sport is to hit a baseball and be successful at it and he had that one thing i mean the statistics bear it out you know if you fail seven times out of ten you're a hall of famer as they say Uh, and he had that one game where what he were he was a spring quarterback and then went hit a home run that night wasn't that the story Uh, so he must be an incredible athlete the hand eye has got to be awesome and to see what he can do I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for Aaron Roderick to show what he can do because clearly he left Utah on a sour note, right? He got fired, (laughs) right? He's one of our own. He's a local guy all the way through. He's one of those guys that we all want our local guys to succeed, and and he had a fair amount of success at Utah. It's not like they were losing games left and right, but Kyle went with a change, and, you know, he brought up uh, somebody who had little coordinating experience. And now A-Rod has, he has the offense to himself. And I have not spoken to A-Rod about this, but I have to believe he feels unleashed. Because I think Kalani is more willing to go offensively take more chances to get the ball downfield and obviously get the ball ultimately in the end zone. That's what matters. Whereas Kyle was, okay, yeah, you're the coordinator, but don't screw it up. <laughs> you know, don't, don't make mistakes. Uh, protect the defense. And that's right there with uh, Under Armour, their uh, apparel company. Protect this house. Protect this defense. <laughs> <laughs> Etched in stone tablets sitting on either end of Kyle's desk. And now that is not a singular offensive quarter telling me this. That's multiple. And hey, 
The formula has worked. When you're putting nine guys in the NFL and every freaking secondary member, you know, why wouldn't you? And you got guys who can punt the ball over that mountain. Why wouldn't you? You know, protect this defense, win the ball game. Ultimately, the fans don't really care as long as you're winning ball games. Your boss doesn't care as long as you're winning ball games. And when you win, you win football games. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, within reason, obviously. You've got to be a, a quality person, but that's long since been decided for Utah. So now, Aaron Roderick has this opportunity to cut it loose. This is his chance, man. That doesn't mean he's going to be irresponsible by any stretch, but it's his show. He's the boss. He's. I think that in this situation, he has as much authority as Norm Chow had in the positions that he had all those years. And Norm Chow might be the most famous offensive coordinator ever. Because a lot of those offensive coordinators, what do they do? They go on to be noted and accomplished head coaches. And so they're... He became a head coach at Hawaii, but not noted and accomplished. And it was at the end in Hawaii. I mean, they're batting against the odds all the time. I I would say that no one got more fame out of being a good offensive coordinator. That's what I'm talking about. Because a lot of head coaches were offensive coordinators. You said the same thing I just said. Yeah. The most famous offensive coordinator. Yes. And because you look at these young OC. wonder right. kids that uh, McVay and right. Shanahan, what do they do? They go on they to be get, head coaches. They get to be head coaching so quickly, they right. don't really build the OC rep. So nobody thinks of them as, as an o- OC. OC. They may think of them as right. offensive genius. I think Rich Rod's a phenomenal offensive mind, but again, he was He's a head, head coach. coach. As opposed to being an OC for 25 years, yeah. multiple yeah. NFL guys, multiple Heisman guys, multiple undefeated teams, on and on. Yeah, and I think that's the path that so, yeah, Aaron Roderick is going mic. on. You could just drop the mic. It's funny you mention that because the um, watching him at that press conference on Saturday, that was the first time I ever looked at him and thought he looks and sounds like a head coach. And he effectively a, is of the offense. But it goes to your point that he's the guy now in a way he's never had the authority and been turned loose. And it was just you know just little things, but just eye contact and confidence. I mean, he was just exuding it. Well, he you know? went to Kalani and he said, why don't you turn me loose? Turn me loose. Turn me loose. So that's the end of the Stones hits this morning. I've got to do it my <laughs> way. Or no way at all. Or no way at all. <sighs> yeah. That's exactly <laughs> the conversation. I was there. Maybe went to him and said, I'll be what? your beast of burden. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm ready to carry the burden and win it. No. We're going to turn it loose. We're going to score 40 points. Stop sweating the details on defense. We're going to give you some wiggle room. Well, I asked him We're after he got let go. 24-17 okay. and 20-19 and awesome. 16-13 and what other final scores I can remember. <laughs> well, I know when he was leaving Utah, I said... How do you sum it up? He said, I can't get no satisfaction. But I tried. And I tried. And I tried. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh. 
Wow. Okay, we're going to give you a break to recover from that, and then we're going to promise not to do that in the next segment. Well, you led me into it. I really did. That was I, like me I encouraged some baiting bad... Max Hall, according to Max's mother. Uh, well, I was thinking it was more, although you make a strong point, I thought it was more like as recently as yesterday when you baited me into the Jameis Winston stats. See? <laughs> You led me all the way to the water. I did. And I then you were it. surprised. I was not surprised. We just wanted to laugh at your expense. Hell, it worked. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, if you're just joining us, we spent a lot of time this morning talking about the alliance. What does it mean? Why is it happening? Why does it sound ridiculous? I think there's one thing we can agree on. It's on the surface. It sounds ridiculous. Now, is it ridiculous, or is there more that they simply don't want to talk about and say out loud? We'll get to that next. One of our listeners, I think, has already hit the nail right on the head. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. You don't have to beg, it's a win ticket Wednesday. We'll just give you free tickets. NHL hockey's coming back to Utah. The Las Vegas Golden Knights will play the LA Kings September 30th here at Vivint Arena. Tickets are on sale now at vivintarena.com. We've got four tickets to the game for caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-9663. Four tickets. See the Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings. Question of the day. We've spent a lot of time on this one today. It's uh, got a lot of people thinking. And the question, what is the Alliance doing? What is the plan? What is the end game? Where is this going? How much of an impact is this thing going to have? Little. It's cosmetic. As part of this, do you believe they're going to eight conference games and two other Power Five games, honoring the, the Baylor and the Florida contracts, but then moving on speaking to playing... Speaking of the Pac-12. Speaking of the Pac-12. Yeah. I think all three leagues will do this. And it's about creating value in the next TV deal. So the fact that they've got all these games signed for the next three to four years, they don't care. And then as the rest of them come up, they play them out. And play them I think out, they, buy them out. They could, they could buy them depending out. Depending on what the situation depending is. Depending on the quality of the game. Yeah. Um, but I think that the other thing is we'll see these non-conference games done on shorter notice to make sure that they're creating, you know, you don't want to catch a team. Oh, this team, it sounded like a good idea, but the team's down, you know. Try to do them on shorter notice so that you get better games to draw more viewers. Well, it depends on what the playoff is, though, uh, because uh, if the playoff is a guaranteed allotment to whoever wins your conference, then the non-conference wouldn't matter as much. So that that goes but into you, it. You, you'll want to claim some of those six at-large berths, too. 
but you're right, right. But that how that it. plays out. So you can have one or two, maybe even three losses, depending you know who the losses mm-hmm. are too. If they're big name losses that are barely a point or two, I don't know that. Especially on the road, I don't know if you go in Ohio State and you lose. Oregon goes in there on the 11th of September, I think, and if they lose, you know, 32-30, should they really be penalized that much if it came down? In my mm-hmm. mind, no. If they went eight and one in the conference, and the funny thing is that they've been screaming for other teams and conferences to go nine, and the SEC now might go nine, and you're talking about going eight. And I also think, but I that think the bigger point would be: Are you going to play ten Power Five games? Well, because part of too, the yeah. SEC playing eight is that they're only playing eight or nine Power Five games. I mean, they don't have to, but going they nine, have it. You're right. Uh, and I think Klavkov isn't going to come in here to keep the status quo. So I think if it was eight, they would go to nine, and now that it's nine, nine. they're going go to eight. go to eight. Yeah, because you got to make great decisions, and he, you know, everything he's been doing has just been so brilliant. I mean, what, honeymoon. What are we talking about here? We're no. talking about the honeymoon. Phase. And it was going to be off of Larry Scott's disastrous right. rain. He had his honeymoon, and then it was just uh, one thing it all after another. Yeah, one thing so. After another. Yeah. I believe they're going to make that change because they're over. Like you know, you, you need a disciplinarian as a coach. Well, that didn't work. You need somebody who's a players' coach. So they bounce back and forth. Jed Fish is just Mister Media savvy and so friendly, and Kevin Sumlin had no time for it. So uh, one didn't work. So you go the other direction. I think they make these changes that way. But other than that, I don't know that that alliance had anything to do with it, though. I mean, I actually think the Alliance of American Football was a better alliance. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that, yuck. I'm going to get those chickens roosting. <laughs> That's not what a chicken sounds like. Now I'm tempted to make... No, I'm not going to do it. Probably. So, I, this alliance there, I listened to the whole thing. Jeez, we're, I think they're not. I, I think something. they're not saying the important part out loud. They think the SEC is going to form a 32 or 36 team mini NFL. They're going to be the only top flight of football, and everybody else is going to be left hanging. They picked off Oklahoma and Texas, and I think the other leagues think, man, they're going to pick off Ohio State and Michigan. They're going to pick off Penn State. And this and alliance has nothing to do Florida with that State. to prevent that. And it may not. I agree. But so it's all the that they've been able to come up with. And their thought is, <laughs> Ohio State and Michigan and USC and Oregon don't really want to walk away from this, from what they've got. they got a good thing going. But if they feel like they have to, they will. Right. Oklahoma so and Texas hesitated for 15 or 20 years, but then they did it. They're going to agree on this alliance now because it's non-binding. Yep. So it means nothing. That's true. The SEC, I believe, and let's see if you believe this, do you think somewhere, if you could search the whole SEC office and the entire ESPN offices, do you think you'd find on a piece of paper a list of four divisions of eight or nine teams and a 32 or 36 team SEC? Because I think the answer to that is yes. I think they've already done it on the back of the napkin and all that stuff. Now, they haven't, they haven't their, done it their yet. Their conference is on a napkin? They've got a, a future 32 That's or 36. That's a great 36, bio title. <laughs> future 32. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I was a little slow, but I just got that. That was my life on a napkin. I don't think that it's the SEC. I think it's college football. No, I think it's the SEC. I think it's the SEC and ESPN have this conversation. Right, SEC but it, but, will be college football. But it won't be called the SEC. It'll be college football. A la the NFL. Yes, absolutely. But they're, I don't think they're looking to be exclusive without being inclusive. 
They'll bring in how many teams? Because let's They're talk not about bring what matters. In Rutgers in Maryland to get the New York market and how the many, DC market. How many teams in this thirty-two or thirty-six would they bring in from the Pac-12? Because if they bring in eight or nine, you fans feel a lot more confident. If they bring in four or six, oh, I mean, what does it look like? And right now, I think these forty-one teams in the alliance have a lot of de- a lot of them. Obviously not some of them. <laughs> the USC knows it's fine. Ohio State and Michigan know they're fine. Notre, Notre Dame, Dame will be fine. Yeah. Penn State will be okay in all of this. But I think if you're, even if you're Clemson, you're like, well, yeah, we're the big dog now with Dabo, and if he leaves, maybe we're out. You know? Well, yeah, but you can say that about anybody. Except Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan, Notre Dame and USC. Uh, I, see, I think they're going to look to how they want to team. Uh, I think Utah is positioned great because they're going to want a team in the mountain time zone. What better team do we have in the mountain time zone? A better hopefully, program. Hopefully that's Nobody. true. But it the, is true. The NFL is doing fine with one team in the mountain time zone in Denver. And maybe that would drive yeah, the college team to don't Salt Lake. compare the NFL to anything. Get out of town. Well, no, the reason, get up the and reason, get out now. The reason to compare is because you would, hopefully, for fans here, they would take the whole country. But lots of parts of the country are going to get left out. And lots of teams are going to get left out. And that's freaking out a lot of the teams in the league, and I think that's what's driving this. And this the Alliance may does not nothing stop it to do anything to prevent it. It, it may not. But it if doesn't. they make more money, will they stay put? Oklahoma and Texas stay put for 20 years because they're making more money. But eventually the money got too big. And it's the same set of decisions here that these schools are going to have to make. And the money may get too big, and this may all mean nothing. I totally agree with you on that. Or they can try to build something, build up the money, and maybe this doesn't come to pass. Oh, so we'll have an AFC-NFC. Yeah, a little bit, actually. The SEC and everybody else. Yeah. But if everybody else is making enough money, maybe they stay together. That remains to be but seen. But what happened yesterday has no bearing on that because we won't know until there, we get th- to the moment. That's true. And they're not talking about the important part out loud. We're trying to well, keep way CBS and Fox in the loop and all their money in the loop. Of course. And we're going to make sure that when we expand to 12, instead of doing what the SEC was doing, which is like, well, we'll just re-up with ESPN. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're going to make sure that three or four of these uh, playoff games go to CBS and three right, or four they, of these games go to Fox. Well, it's like the NFL does. The NFL has their NFL pro- playoff right. games across the board. Yes, What exactly. isn't an NFL playoff game? Who doesn't have an NFL playoff game? Exactly. But the SEC wasn't the going to do that. Network. The Pac-12 Network. But the SEC, as part of this yeah, I got committee it. they were doing, was going to just re-up and give it all to ESPN. I and understand that. that is the part that nobody wants to say out loud. No, it's really it's driving I think it's been saying out loud. I think By other people, but the commissioners aren't going to get up there and say it out loud. When you listen to that call, it doesn't... Because well, they, don't, they don't even mention SEC. Mm-hmm. Right. So they can't. Right. I agree. But that's what's really driving this. But it's also nothing that is going to be cemented for another three or four it's, years. It's still right. And I think Klyavkov told us the truth without telling us the whole thing when he said, I think it's going to be fine in three to four years, but 15 to 20, who knows? Because Oklahoma and Texas thought about it for 15 to 20, thought about jumping to the Pac-12, thought about the SEC, finally jumped to the SEC. And Klyavkov isn't going to sit here and guarantee you that in 15 or 20 years, USC and Oregon... Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan won't be ready to jump. And then the question is, who can tag along with those guys? 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, we'll talk all about this with Matt Brown, Extra Points newsletter and podcast covering college football nationally. More with him next. And I think scheduling is going to, that's something that's going to be impacted in the short run here and how it'll impact BYU. We'll get to that coming up.